Oh, it didn't even work. It didn't, <laughs> I, I can't even get my clap in there. <laughs> Welcome everybody to uh, Recruiting is No Joke. We are on episode nine. I am super excited today for our conversation. As always, get in the chat. Let us know who's out there. We love to hear from you in the audience. And then if you've got comments and questions along the way, I will do my best to get to them. Unless you are the person that's been trolling me the last couple of days, I will not show your comments, okay? <laughs> uh, just so everybody is clear with that. But all right, well, let's get on with the show today. I'm really excited about the guests that we have. Um, I, I think both of them just bring a ton of value here and we're gonna learn a lot. So uh, I'm gonna have you both introduce yourself and then I'd also, what we'll do is we'll have you introduce yourself and then we'll go back and we'll uh, we'll find out how you got started in recruiting. But Kim, why don't you go first, just introduce yourself and then uh, we'll go to Jessica. Sure. So I'm Kim Shell. I am the talent advisor at Refine Labs. So I do all of our recruiting and hiring here. <laughs> I love Refine Labs. If you don't know who Refine Labs are, you're not on LinkedIn. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing. Awesome, Kim. Well, welcome to the show. And Jessica, how about, how about yourself? Yeah, Jessica Williams. I'm the SVP of People at Refine Labs. And I have to shout out Kim because she's coming up on her one year anniversary with Refine Labs this tomorrow. This week. <laughs> Congratulations. That's awesome. So, Kim, how did you, uh, first of all, I, I know we were going to ask how you got started in recruiting, which I'd love to know too. But uh, real quick, like, how did you get connected with Refine Labs in the first place? Yeah, so I found Refine Labs on LinkedIn. I have never recruited for anybody in marketing or creative. Mm. I've recruited many different types of roles, but never marketing. And I was searching on LinkedIn jobs, quite honestly, looking for my next gig and found Refine Labs and was very refreshed by how active almost every single employee is. And so, I, you know, I'm doing my typical stalking. I'm stalking Jessica. I'm stalking like Megan. I'm going, this is going to be a good interview. Like I, if they're this good and authentic <laughs> on their own, this is going to be a fun place to work. So that's how I found yeah, I love that. I love that. I bet that's a story to you for quite a few people at the company, which we'll get to, but Jessica, why don't we go to you? How did you get started in uh, this people function? And I think it would even be helpful to maybe define like what your role is, because uh, you know, it might be something new for the for the audience as well. Like this everything. Function. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm like, I do everything. No, <laughs> seriously though. Um, so I start I've been in people ops, HR, talent, whatever you want to mm. call it, for the last eleven years. And actually started my uh, career as a recruiter. So I actually signed on to be like a six month contract recruiter at this company, ended up staying there for three years, was basically groomed from working in talent to becoming an HR generalist. And that's kind of how I span. And that was 11 years ago. Um, but I focus on when I think about people ops, I'm very focused on like employee experience, the culture, all of those things. When you think of HR and you think of like compliance and risk management and payroll, I'm not interested in any of that. I don't want those people on my team. Go work for finance or go work for legal. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. No, I love that. I love that. Do you, uh, so do you do any, I guess, like recruiting or talent strategy? Like what, how does that play into your role right now? Yeah. So the talent team reports into me. So technically I'm Kim's boss. 
slash best friend. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, so all of talent management. So when you think of bringing people in, so the whole life cycle, so getting people in the door. So when you think of employer branding, I have a director of employer branding. And then once someone knows about us, then getting them in the door, Kim's Kim's that person. So the talent team. And then once they're here, making sure they want to stay. And that is Jordan and Aaron, who are on our team, as far as like learning and development and people ops. So the whole life cycle. And then when someone leaves, because I'm a big proponent of, I want people to have a good offboarding experience. So when people leave, I'm still checking in, like, how did it go? Did everybody treat you well? Did everybody say bye? Like, because how you offboard is how you should be onboarding people. So whole life cycle. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And Kim, how about yourself? How did you get started in recruitment? Yeah, so officially a recruiter four years ago, but the way that I kind of stumbled into it, like most of us recruiters do, is I had had some experience recruiting students in college. I did a summer Mm. internship program with Southwestern Advantage, basically selling books door to door. And so I knew I liked recruiting like people, but I'd never truly done it as an entire function. And so when I was looking for my next role, I was transitioning out of sales. I was like, well, what am I going to do? I gosh, I bet I'd be a great recruiter. I really enjoyed that part, you know, of my sales job before. And so just interviewed and then the rest is kind of history from there. So I started in an agency, worked my way through a couple different agencies. And then I thought, okay, I want to work, I want to work in-house and grow a team now. So got my, uh, you know, you get your teeth kicked in a little bit on agency sometimes, but you get the great experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of, uh, a lot of people always ask like, how do you get started in recruitment? Mm-hmm. I think so many people, it is that falling into recruitment, right? That's what we, that's what we always right. hear. But then also like getting in at an agency is, is also a really good way uh, to do that. Uh, what I, I guess for you, Kim, like when you went and did that transition from internal, sorry, from agency in the internal, mm-hmm. were there any kind of surprises there? Anything that you maybe had thought internal recruiting was that, that it wasn't, or if that makes sense, or like what, what was different to what you thought it was going to be like when you actually started in the internal? Yeah, I don't think I had any surprises, but I think the main difference, right, is you go from, uh, I want to be careful because I do love agency recruiting, right? No, you can be mean to agency recruiters. But I think you're a little bit more of maybe like an order taker when you're an agency, If you know, you you um, eat what you kill, right? You're You're off you know, the only, the only way you make money or your commission, right, is if you fill a role. And so it's just very different. Whereas when you're internal, it's a lot of management with like your hiring managers and the, and the people that you're, you're just a little bit more accountable, I think, internally to people. And so you get to really craft a lot of the processes. You get to craft the job description and craft the interview questions and be a true advisor. And that was the big thing coming here. Like I, I got tired of hearing, well, this is the way we've always done it when Mm. I knew I could improve a process. And so, you know, Jessica was like, great, burn it all down, start over. Like, we'll build it how, you know, you advise us to, like you're the expert in the field. Right. And so to me, that's what I wanted to do. So I think that's the main difference is you're very much an advisor for your company. And then you've got to advocate right for the candidates as well to kind of make that, that perfect match, if you will. Yeah. I definitely yeah. made part of the interview process with Kim. I was like, if you come here and you don't like what we're doing, I, I, I'm not offended. 
take it all down, rebuild it. And that's specifically why I made her title talent advisor, because I told her you are not an order taker here. You are meant to advise the hiring team like you're meant to push back. So don't take orders from them. And if that happens, like come talk to me and I'll like get involved. But that was specifically why I made her title talent advisor, because I want you to give the team advice like, you know, the candidate, you should know the job. So you should be advising people, not being like, well, they want this. So we're just going to give it to them. No, no. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Recruiting is No Joke. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Bright Hire. The old way of hiring just doesn't cut it anymore, and my friends at Bright Hire are here to help. Bright Hire is the leading interview intelligence platform for improving quality of hire at talent-first companies. Their technology records and transcribes interviews and creates a set of highlights you can revisit and share to streamline the process improve the candidate experience, and give teams better information to make the best possible hiring decisions. If you're looking to improve your quality of hire and reduce bias in your hiring process, visit brighthire.com today and let them know Joel sent you. Now back to the episode. Thanks again. No, I love that. And, and I think that says a lot too about how talent is viewed at the organization and how their recruitment function is uh, is valued as well because I know I've talked to a lot of recruiters where that's not the case and it gets frustrating and then there's a big turnover in the recruitment department and people are like why are we losing recruiters it's, you're not listening so uh, I what what I guess for just ju- I'm just curious like what was some of the things that um, or some of the changes that you made in coming into the organization camera like what what have been some of the changes that, that you've made I'm super curious yeah, I think some of the big things was it was fun to walk in. They were in the middle of implementing an ATS when I came in. So I was like, all right, here, finish this step off. So less maybe change, but more actually putting the structure in place mm-hmm. because, you know, we were, you know, at half half the headcount we are, you know, now. And so it was just time for them to start putting in those processes. And so getting to craft it from the ground up and really decide how are we going to do things and how are we going to work together and when are when and where are we going to push back right and so um getting to de- decide you know what does the interview process look like and what do our feedback forms look like and how how are we going to communicate with candidates throughout the whole process how much feedback are we going to give them after interviews if at all which we do and so it's been fun because it, rather than changing i've really just been been able to craft the whole process really which cool me is enjoying yeah yeah, yeah, you really have helped build the function, which uh, which I love, Jessica. I, I um, obviously like you're super active on LinkedIn. You post a lot of really, really great and impactful content, and uh, I think you know I have a really great time just reading the content you're putting out and and really getting a feel for who you are through through that as well. I'd I'd love to just know a little bit about your journey in terms of like how you started getting more active and and even just like since coming to Refine Labs, how that's kind of helped you in terms of the recruiting strategy, employer brand, and and uh, even just kind of having your voice out there as well, and how, how you got to that point. Yeah, so I worked at a company previously where I was basically told I needed to stop posting. And that was one of many reasons that I decided I needed to leave, <laughs> um, because they did not like what I was posting. And not that anything I said was uh, negative towards the organization. It was more along the lines of they had a way of doing employer branding where they basically mm send out messages and say, hey, everyone post this message. 
And we've seen that. And it's like super generic. Nobody likes it. Nobody engages with it. It's like everyone sent out the same message. And I just was not on board with it. And so either I would post it and make it my own or I wouldn't post it. So obviously they weren't really keen on that. Um, uh, were, you, were you posting like before going to the organization or that was like you just were like, oh, I, I want to start posting while you were at the organization? No, I was posting before, but I wasn't posting as much. So at no. this point, I might have been posting maybe twice a week like at the most, like twice a week. And Part so when time. I started with Refine, yeah, I'm like, when I started with Refine Labs, I asked them in the interview process, because I obviously have been researching them. And I thought, I asked them, is this a job requirement? Because everyone at the company was posting. So I was like, are you making people post? And like, what are you making them say? And they're like, no, they want to post. We don't really have any restrictions. They can say whatever they want to say. And so that was part of the reason I was like, okay, well, this sounds like a place I could be. Um, and I've had many conversations with the leadership team where I've said like, hey, like giving them almost like a heads up, like, hey, I'm going to post this or, hey, this is what I got some strong feelings about this. And their stance, no matter what I've said, I wanted to say is we don't believe in censorship. Say whatever you want to say, as long as it's true for you um, and know that you're speaking for yourself. And so that's what I've done. So now I post every day. So it's kind of like over the last year being at Refine Labs, I got, you know, it's like I put my toe out there and I got bolder and bolder and bolder. Yeah. I don't know how much bold I can get. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's been amazing, though, for employer branding when you think about it, like, um, people now associate me obviously with Refine Labs, but then I have my own like personal brand as well of like, I want to be a thought leader in HR. And I've made myself into a thought leader by posting what I think about things, which sometimes to, you know, to your point about being trolled, you know, the trolls that come after me, but I, you know, I'm not above being petty. So I troll them right on back. So yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of how this whole troll situation actually happened i ended up taking a screenshot because you know if you yeah. look my whole thing is if you comment publicly yeah like you're just opening yourself up for the screenshot and you know what i like to take stuff to twitter i got you know the recruiter fam over there <laughs> and uh but anyway it might my, i might may have you know overstepped the boundaries there but uh anyway i you know what i love about that though is i love the fact that you know as an organization obviously you guys are encouraged and you know you're allowed to post but obviously like with you kim like you don't it you know I've, i looked you've had a couple of viral posts but it's not like you're having to post each day which which i think you know when you allow people to do what they want to do that that's huge right because it could be really intimidating too if you go to an organization they're like you've got to post and uh, we have people that don't post so people ask us that all the time like does everybody post and i'm like no the majority of people post but it's not mandatory we don't make you post but yeah. also i think it keeps us honest because if somebody doesn't like what's going on they can also post about that too and that's fine yeah no well what I'd, I'd love to uh, i know we chat a little bit offline about this um but I think it's kind of in line with what's going on a lot right now, obviously with like layoffs and you yeah. know, we're seeing layoff posts all the time. And Kim, I noticed one of your posts too was about a layoff and it, it was kind of like similar to the post I did today, in fact. Um, but just from, from your take, Jessica, like in terms of how having like a really outward brand online and then kind of, you know, uh, experiencing a layoff, like yeah. just walk us through that and like how you handled that and, and, you know, how it's how it's even been since that point in just dealing with employees that obviously didn't get laid off yeah. and how you guys are approaching that. Yeah. So that was actually one of the posts that I asked my leadership team about before I posted it, because I thought uh, um, I wanted to be really transparent because to me, it felt really superficial to be like, we're so out and open. And then we go through a layoff and we don't say anything mm -hmm. that would have been on brand for me. 
You know what I mean? Like even for me to not say anything and just to like skate over the fact that we laid off 12 people. Um, so the day after we did the layoffs, I made a post about it and I said like this day freaking sucked and this is what we did. Um, this is how we ended up here. So gave kind of the whole story, but also took accountability. Like we are a leadership team. We ended up here because of things that were happening in the economy, but also we could have made some changes too. Um, and so we talked about it and actually Megan and I just recorded a podcast about it that we're going to release about like what was happening in the background, because as we all know, there's always more to the story. So it's what happened to those 12 people. And I centered them. It wasn't about like I wasn't trying to pull like the crying CEO. Yes. You know, like no, like this happened to them and it really sucks. And I've been and I talked about how I've been laid off before. So I even wanted to talk about my own experience. So a lot of times it's like, oh, well, you know, well, we had to do this and these people are so hurt, but well, watch me, I'm sad. No, 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 they had their life impacted and this is what we did about it and this is what mm -hmm. we plan to do in the future. So we were really transparent about it and Megan, our COO also did a post about like what happened and why she's talked about it publicly. So we didn't shy away from it because it, that wouldn't have been authentic because we talk about everything else. So why would we not talk about this too? No, a hundred percent. And and I think like obviously it's layoffs are just one of those things which yes. which really suck. And I think LinkedIn is an interesting platform. I mean, I posted about it today where I'm seeing a lot of layoff posts where from you know people who have gotten laid off, and that can be almost like a sense of like, hey, I owe really nice words to my employee. And hey, if that is how you feel, obviously that's totally fine. But then it can also seem like that's like the way that you have to do it. Like yeah. you have to like congratulate. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just like layoffs from whatever angle you're on. They just yeah. they suck. You know, it's, it's nobody wants them to happen. Um, but Kim, I'm, uh, you know, kind of shifting gears a little bit. Obviously, you, you're you from the agency recruiting world. How different has it been working internally with a company that does have an employer brand in this way? And like, how often are you talking to candidates where they're like, hey, I've seen your content. I love your content. This is the reason that I want to come and work for you guys. That's been the fun part. So that was also, I'll be honest, what attracted me to Refine Labs is I saw the people posting. So I thought, okay, these guys have an employer brand, right? Very open and transparent and authentic. And so quite honestly, it's made my job really easy, you know? And I, I've told people that they're like, you're so great. I'm like, I mean, I put the processes in place and yeah, I do some things, <laughs> but honestly, like my job as a recruiter here is very easy. Um, mm. Because to your point, like you said, most like 90% of people that are interviewing here, when we ask them, when I ask them, how, you know, what do you know about us? They're engaged in our content. They're consuming yeah. our podcast. They know who we are, which is better anyway, just because of the way we do marketing. They, they really do need to know because we're doing things very differently, but it, it's so helpful. And yeah, it's um, a lot less of my time is spent having to educate people on like what we do and how we do it and more getting to know, like, do you understand? And like, what, you know, what do you bring to the table and does it make sense for us to work together? You know? So uh, that's been a really, really, really fun part. Yeah. Is it, is it surprising to, to you guys that, that, that more companies like don't start doing this from even just from like a recruiting standpoint? Like I, I know we're seeing more and more recruiters developing personal brands, but it doesn't seem like, people still believe in that. So is that kind of like a, is that surprising in any way? Jessica, I see you nodding there. Like, what are you- Yeah, I'm like, about? it's still rare. Like even the fact that, shout out to Jason, he's our director of employer branding. Like even the fact that that is someone's job, like we have someone full time, that's his whole job 
is employer branding and internal communications. So he's thinking about what people are seeing about us, how we're presenting ourselves. Like he's giving us that feedback every single day. And before he started, I'd actually never had someone in employer branding. I was doing it. And if we're being honest, like it wasn't my full-time job. So let's like, I couldn't have do it as good as he's doing it right now. So even having someone that owns employer branding is a step in the right direction that most companies don't have. So, and, and I always kind of, wonder with like employer branding versus, you know, recruiters building a brand, like what's the difference there? Or like, yeah. you know, like what, what in your experience, what's, what's the difference? Well, I'll use Jason's own words here. He talks about like marketing and sales and then employer branding and recruiting. So his whole job is before someone, you know, hits apply, what do they know about us? What content are we putting out there? What are we saying? How can they find us? Are they finding us all on LinkedIn, which a lot of people do, but also like Todd, our famous TikToker. TikTok. Yeah, I was like, like all of that stuff, what do they know about us? Specifically, even when you think about people that have left. So I was talking about people's offboarding experience. Well, then we want them to go write about us on Glassdoor. What was your experience like? So he even is monitoring what are people saying besides what are we saying about ourselves, which then feeds directly to Kim's content. So he's like their whole, like his whole job is to make Kim's job easier. So to her point, she doesn't have to do that explaining. Like she doesn't have to do it. People already know about us and that's Jason's full-time job. Yeah, no, I, lo I love that. I, we're gonna be doing a show too, and hopefully in a couple of uh, weeks here, a couple months where um, I'm having a conversation between like recruiters built, that are building their personal brand and like somebody who's an employer branding and like kind of where the crossover is and what the differences yeah. are. So um, super curious about that. But uh, also, so, so walk me through in terms of um, yeah, obviously right now we already discussed it a little bit with layoffs, but like what are you what are you guys doing in terms of like retention and like what are some of those challenges that you're facing in terms of keeping people engaged, kind of kind of moving away, I guess the fear of like the economy and those types of things. Like how how are you guys managing that right now? Yeah, so I'll be really transparent and say I always think of like a layoff like an earthquake. And there's always going to be aftershocks. So if I'm being really transparent, we're in the aftershocks right now. So we had the layoffs. And I actually think through the end of the year, we're in that period of where like we're not on shaky ground, like the business is doing good. We're closing new clients. However, once you lay people off, people start looking around like, wait, what's going on? Is it secure and all of that? So we're in that the midst of that right now. So the roles that we have open, most of them are all internal roles. So we're looking internally. We want to grow our own. We just developed like a PMM to DDG like training track. So we've leaned into training, but mm. also knowing that we are in the aftershocks of what happened. And so we have had some like significant people decide that they wanted to leave. And it was really unfortunate. But also one of the things we talk about, we want to be a talent destination. Well, to be a talent destination, you have to know that people are not going to stay with you forever. You want them to come here. You want them to get better. And when they leave, they are better off because they worked at Refine Labs. So even thinking about it that way, you're better off. So we're leading into training right now. I, you know, and it's so funny because I think a lot of companies, like everybody wants to group like yes. all employees under one kind of umbrella. Like, you know, we see it with, like, I just think of like culture fit is such a good example of that, where it's almost like you've got to, you know, whether you're the COO or you're the payroll administrator, it's like you, everybody's got to be a hundred percent on board. So I love that, like, that idea of like, Hey, just acknowledging that, Hey, some people are only going to be here for a certain amount of time. They're going to grow. They're going to get experiences. They're going to add to the culture and then they're going to move on. Yeah, uh, and that's 
Yeah, I, I, what did, I mean, I guess, how did you develop that perspective? Is that something you picked up along the way? Like, how, how did you get to that point? Yeah, I definitely think I credit that to Megan. So Megan is really, really big on that. When I started here, she had already kind of coined the like, we're a talent destination. And we kind of like went through and build out like, what does that actually mean? But the thought process shouldn't be like, we are past the days of our parents where you stayed at one job for many, many years. That's just not how it works anymore, specifically in a startup environment. And so one of the things I think about is when someone leaves, are they better off because they worked for Refine Labs? And a lot of times that's the reviews we get. So when we do exit interviews or when we ask them to give us like glass door reviews, that's what they will say. Like even if they just stayed here for nine to 15 months, like they are better off. They worked with some amazing people. They honed in their craft. When you think about copywriting or graphic design, like they are better and now they're going off to do something else. So we had someone leave because she wanted to, she wants to write like movies and plays. So she was a copywriter here and now she's doing what she wanted to do, which was like work in films. She's better off. Like, and so why would we be upset with her? We're like, that's an amazing thing. That's all something she always wanted to do. So I even just think that mindset of like, someone's gonna go come here and stay here for years. And then if they wanna leave, we're gonna shun them. Like, what are you talking about? Like. <laughs> I mean, it is so bizarre, though, but those yeah. those mindsets, I think those kind of like, you know, legacy mindsets, the older mindsets, you know, I they're still around. It's, it is oh, weird because yeah. we're just hitting that that kind of time of like, it's almost like generational clashes, like probably we haven't seen. I mean, I think of like Gen Z coming into the workplace. They almost have this power, which we didn't, <laughs> I mean, I didn't have it. Like when I entered the workforce, something terrible happened to me. Like there was nothing I could do about it. It was like, yeah. I could talk to my parents and they're like, suck it up. Now it's like, if something happens, like it's pretty easy to. They all have a microphone, all of them. <laughs> yeah. and also they are not money motivated. So you can't like tell people like, oh, well, if you do this, you're going to burn a bridge. They don't care about a no. bridge or nothing. They will burn everything down. <laughs> like they are not money motivated. So when you try to entice them with those things, they're like, no, I want to be trained or like they want a specific title or, you know what I mean? Like their mindset, uh, my niece is 22 and I'm telling you, so the conversations I have with her, I'm like, what are you talking about? But they, like, she is more concerned. We had a conversation the other day. She's concerned about what the company she works for does for the environment mm. more so than their profit, than their mission. She doesn't care about any of that. What are you doing for the environment? And that is how she thinks about it. Like, it's like mind blowing to me. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, all you gotta do is, I mean, I'm on I'm on TikTok quite a bit now, and I've been putting more content out there, and I get lots of questions, and just even following different people who are in recruiting and career, and it's obvious there's these huge shifts taking place, which uh, it'll be interesting to see how how that plays out. But I think as like an organization, and whether you're in recruitment, in people ops you got to understand what's going on. And I think the danger is, is when people just shut off and they're just not open to these yeah. changes and they're not even willing to listen, mm -hmm. then you're in big trouble because you're just going to have a hard time attracting people and then obviously keeping them and keeping them engaged and, and, and yeah. whatnot. It's like these CEOs that are like, everybody's coming back to the office and then 50% of people don't show up. Like you're not like your threats are empty. <laughs> like you're going to fire 50% of your workforce, you know? <laughs> no, I, well, I, saw, did, I don't know if either of you guys saw this article. It was from Indeed where it was like 50% of people miss their commute. I don't know if you saw that. 
But it was just, oh, I, I mean, it's not Scooby Doo. Y'all are not fooling anybody. Who wrote this? Who paid y'all to write this? Uh, <laughs> it was cited like, yeah, they people really miss their podcast or something. But uh, I'm like, this is it's crazy. But Cut it. Lies. I want to pay for that study. <laughs> so, I mean, talk about the art, the, the, the return of office agenda in full swing. And now, look, granted, I actually think like a lot of, you know, kind of younger people who entered the workforce, it just seemed like more of them want. Oh, at least yeah. like hybrid and they want to have interactions and, and things like that, which I get. And it's definitely not just like a, you know, cut and dry issue either yeah. way. Um, but Kim, I'm curious, like just from, from your take right now in the market and what you're seeing, what what are some of the challenges you're seeing right now in terms of, you know, attracting new people and, and you know, finding finding top talent right now? Like what are you hearing in the market right now as far as like marketing and, and kind of creative types? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think we're not like full force crazy hire right now. We are doing a little bit of that outside. But I think, you know, from what I see in the market, the challenge is the economy right now. Right. And like what's going on and nobody really knows. And so there's a lot of mixed reviews. Like you said, I mean, I can go on LinkedIn right now and find five posts about layoffs and on the same coin, see five posts where somebody's like, are you laying off? They're doing surveys. And it's like 60% of people are like, my company's still hiring. We're still hiring like crazy. And so I think there's just a lot of uncertainty. And so I think candidates are kind of giving pause to that, whatever we were calling it before the great reshuffle. I don't know, you know, when everybody's leaving, <laughs> right? Making more money. And I'm like, I'm all for it. You know, like when, when jobs are open, you can get yourself 60% pay raise, like do it. But Right now, I think people are kind of, you know, thinking a little bit more about, am I really that unhappy? Is it really worth moving? Am I going to be, you know, the last one in, first one out if there are layoffs? Unfortunately, a lot of companies do operate that way when they lay people off. And so, and then I think it depends on your, in, your uh, not your industry, your, uh, well, sometimes your industry, but also like your your job title, your section, right? Um, marketing, uh, people in companies, recruiters like usually the first to go right when there are layoffs and so it's like God, I'm <laughs> hilarious to me because then when you need full force hiring you have no one but we'll not yeah. talk about that today um, but then they come to the agencies so yeah. yeah it's good for good for us in the long run yes yes so i think it's just I yeah won't. nobody really knows and nobody has the answers and nobody can give the answers because they would be lying if they said they knew what was going to happen and so it's just it's just always a game right so you just kind of have to keep keep pivoting and figuring out what works best. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Well, um, you know, I guess let's, let's talk about DE and I for a little bit as well. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've seen, and I don't know if, if you've seen the same thing as well, but definitely seems like, and I was talking, talking to this with James, who does a lot of content on LinkedIn as well. And definitely seems like there isn't as much like outward noise or I don't want to say noise, but it just doesn't seem like, it's got as much um the pressure's off yeah yeah it's like what like what's bringing this on and like why is there a shift and it, it really seems like things have kind of like quieted down in terms of like what companies are saying and 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 marketing so i guess what what are your guys' takes on that and what do you think's going on well of course i got some strong feelings about this one like i do with everything um <laughs> Uh, so I actually saw this uh, thread on Twitter last night that basically this woman went and pulled, like she pulled all these DNI statements from these like major companies that they put out in 2020. 
And she pulled them all. And then she went back in mm. this year and said, what has been done? And it was fascinating to see, because I'm telling you, all these companies put out these statements of we're going to do this and this is how we're going to do it. And it's just they've kind of just quieted down and kind of faded in the background. And so I think where this comes up for me when I think about this is like at Refine Labs, we have what we call like a 50-50. Like we want to be 50% professionals of color and 50% women. We've hit the women dynamic. So we're at like 60% women, like we're, we're up there, but we're not there when it comes to professionals of color. Part of it is that we did layoffs and then we like did a hiring freeze. So we haven't really added um, people when it comes to DEI. So it's one thing to think about, but we put it out there. So every month, Jordan does a DNI update. So like when I tell people, they're like, no, we show the numbers because people can count. Like, what, what are you hiding? You know what I mean? Like I can go to your LinkedIn and almost pretty much guess your DNI number, specifically when we're talking about leadership teams. And so I think it's really interesting that the companies are kind of putting, like taking their foot off the gas when it's still coming up, like it comes up in, you know, the interview process, people want to know around DEI, what are you doing? What what are, or is it a part of your core values? So at Refine Labs, we do have it, like we think about it, it's a part of our conversations. But I say that to say that companies that are letting off the gas, I think they are going to be very sorry. That's my strong stance is because it's not going anywhere. People are still going to bring it up. And this new generation is way more like I just talked about. My niece cares about what, what's going on in the community. Yeah. She definitely cares about when it comes to DNI and wanting to see diversity in the leadership team. She actually turned down a job because there was not a person of color in leadership before. Mm. And I was like, wait, what? Like that was my whole five years, my first five years in corporate America, you know, that wasn't even an option for me. So I, I definitely think people are, companies are being like, oh, that part is over. It's not over. It definitely is not over. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it is, you know, people market themselves in the way that it's, it's like whatever's trending, that's what companies tend to do. So I, I think it is really easy for companies to make really big stances. And then, you know, obviously, they kind of fade away when the pressure goes up. But like I said, it's we're, we're living in a day and age where it's like, you are gonna be accountable. People you can't hide. Everything. Like receipts are everywhere. <laughs> I, well, ex exactly. And I think that that's, that's the, the piece that over time, that's what shows. And I think the performance of companies, they're gonna suffer. And what, what about like on, on, the, recru on the recruiting uh, front, Kim? I'd be curious to get your take, like how, because one of the things I think about with recruiting is, we have really been reliant on LinkedIn, for example. Mm -hmm. But like when I think about LinkedIn and, you know, just who the user base is, you know, like what, what do you, do you do anything like outside of LinkedIn? Like, just talk to me about like the recruiting process and like what you do to, to, uh, to bring in diversity and, and, you know, just source talent that maybe you can't find on LinkedIn or you can't find on LinkedIn. Yeah. And, you know, again, fortunate that a lot of our people do find us. So that's always nice. And I think that ties back right to that great employer brand. But when I have had to source because we're hiring so many people, right, and I need more candidates, it is getting creative about where you're finding people. You know, I, I think a big thing that companies really miss out on is referrals. Uh, especially when you have really happy people, um, you know, you don't maybe don't incentivize them as much as you should, or there's just not promotion around it, or people aren't happy, so they don't want to refer their friends to work with, you know, work there. So there's that too. <laughs> but I think that, you know, we've gotten quite a, a few hires from referrals and, you know, there's definitely some diversity there. And then I think, yeah, just tapping other networks. So just getting creative. We've definitely used job boards that are targeted, 
um, for that. And then something I think it's challenging with us specifically is that we hire more so high, higher level roles, right? And so as we do grow and expand, I would love to see some of those more entry level where you can build and develop people and you can get a little bit more open with who you're you're looking for. And I think that that overall, we're talking about companies are like, we're going to do this and this and this. And I think the mistake that's made is looking only at the strategy for what we can do now, which is like, we're going to interview this many people of diversity and yada, yada, yada. But it's like, okay, but then where's your candidate pool? Like, is there is there one or can you be the piloting company that's going into these universities and helping to get these people, these entry-level jobs and the training and into your industry if they are not in your, mainly in industry? It just depends, right? And so I think that they're short-term and, and a lot of them are longer-term impacts. And so there's no like quick fix per se, uh, you just kind of got to get creative. And then I think a lot of it is the employer brand, right? When you show that that's what you care about and you're and you're demonstrating it, those people want to work here, right? Along with just it being a great place to work in general. And so it's a multifaceted attack for sure. And I yeah, think even yeah. thinking about diversity from like not just race. So I always say this, like, what about like working parents that want to return to the workforce? Like what about job boards for C specifically for people with disabilities or like in because we are fully distributed it doesn't matter as long as you're in the united states or canada you could be wherever you want to be so that opens up a lot of doors for us because as we know you know opportunities aren't everywhere specifically in like small rural towns where there are people of color so even thinking about the fact that you could be wherever you want to be opens up doors for us yeah no 100 percent. And, and i think too it's it's getting like you said creative and how you're doing things. I think it's really easy to just fall into, well, this is how we've, this is the process that we've always had. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I just think like, you know, even, even a platform like TikTok could be just a great, a great platform. And I think it's, again, I just think we just think really simply as like, you know, job boards and LinkedIn, like that's usually what I hear from recruiters, but I'm, I'm seeing like there's a lot of opportunity, particularly with, I mean, again, TikTok, I just think there's a, a ton of opportunity on that platform. Um, well, awesome. Well, guys, I know we're, we're kind of running out of time here and I want to be sensitive of your calendar. So I usually kind of wrap thing, things up with just asking a question, like to put yourself kind of back in that, you know, one to two year space where you, where you've been recruiting for a couple of years and like, what advice would you give to somebody who, you know, is maybe, you know, facing something like a layoff or kind of just going through a really tough time with recruiting specifically. And I was thinking, like, is this the industry or is this what I should be doing? Like, what advice would you have for them? And Kim, why don't you go first and then and then we'll have Jessica here. Yeah, um, I think specifically if you just got laid off or you've been looking for a role for a while or you hate where you're at and you've been looking for a role for a while, it can be really easy to get in your head and really, you know, associate your job with your identity and as a person and your self-worth. And so I think, you know, it. it it obviously sucks when you are <clears throat> financially bound, like you need a job, right? And so, I, but I think you also need to take a step back and give yourself space to rest and, you know, get in the right mindset because interviewing, um, interviewing is a job, like job, applying jobs is, is a job. It takes a lot. And so I think that first and foremost is important. And then I think setting a schedule 
Jessica and I have talked about this. Jessica loves to interview. And I, I think it's kind of fun too. I realize most people are not in that bat and I'm a recruiter. So of course I love interviewing because I know how. Uh, it's a learned skill, but I think it can be, it can be easy to go on and apply to like a hundred jobs and I've done it, uh, but I would not recommend that to, to people. Like that's not healthy. It doesn't set you up for success. Like you should spend your time, you know, 20 jobs a week, whatever it looks like, and just set a schedule. So you're not doing that all day, every day, checking a job board literally every five minutes, because believe me, I've been there and I've done that. And it's just, so it's not healthy. So, um, and I think just getting really, really centered on what it is you're looking for. Um, I did a post about that. I called it my non-negotiable, something I've learned in the past. Like, what do I want in a leader? You know, what's important to me to Jessica's point? Like, what do I want my company to stand for? If that's important, how much money do I need to make? You know, all those things before you go find the role. I think it's a little bit easier so that you're not sacrificing, you know, what you really want just because there's something in front of you. And lastly, I think, you know, sometimes you just need to take the job because you need the money. And I think that's okay. I think we make a mistake sometimes when we we think we have to have the perfect job and everything we love and right. Ideally, you're learning and you're making money. I do, you know, if not, you're at least doing one of the two. Um, but sometimes you don't have either, and sometimes it's just a stopgap. And I think that's okay for if you're in that season of life, and that allows you to take off the pressure of yourself if you can just realize like it's not for forever, right? So, yeah, all of that. Yeah, awesome. I definitely second everything Kim said. I think I would go from the standpoint of build your personal brand, because if you if I think back to when I had first started in my career, if I had started then building my brand where I would be now, it's like sickening to think about. You know what I mean? Like what? Um, but I, I think it's so important because you can change jobs, you can change all those things, but building a brand. And that's what I would say about LinkedIn, like one percent of people post on LinkedIn like 1%, but people are watching. I get DMs from people all the time that have never engaged with my content, never liked anything, never commented. And they're like, I see you or people that I used to work with that are like, you're doing amazing. Like, I just wanted to know. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you just like it? But neither here nor there. But I do think building your employer brand, even if you're just starting and you're commenting and you're engaging with other recruiters or being very strategic to Kim's point and engaging with a company, like people that work at a company you eventually want to work at, um, it opens many, many doors. So using LinkedIn to your advantage, not just to like look at other people's content, but to build your own network, it, it could change and open so many doors. I mean, spoken like a true refined labs employee <laughs> <laughs> there. I love that. No, it's, it's so true. And I think, um, you know, I tell people all the time, especially like entry-level recruiters or entry-level professionals anyway, because they're like, oh, well, what do I have to post? It's like, it's not about being a thought leader. Yeah. Like you don't need to, be, obviously you can grow in the thought leadership and hopefully that's what you aspire to, but there's value in just sharing your thoughts yeah. and insights because other people are going to connect with that. And, um, you know, particularly if you're on the job search, it is super tough, but commenting, getting involved in the conversation, even if that's a portion of what you're doing as well as implying and connecting with other people, it's, it's going to take you far. So I love that advice. And, uh, Guys, for anyone who's out there, I know I didn't get uh, to to the comments there, but David, Elaine, Vincent, Vincent's in Nashville, by the way, Kim. Hey. I work with Vincent. He's a good guy. And they do like a, I guess they do like a networking, recruited networking thing. Maybe it's just for Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh, I got to get the invite to that, man. I gotta show <laughs> you know, do you know Taylor? Taylor in Nashville? Taylor? Is it Dessa? I'm or? connected with Taylor, but I have never met up. Yeah. 
Well, they, I guess they do a meetup, but maybe it's agency only. But we got David out there as well. <laughs> I'll crash David. it. <laughs> you should just crash it. Arai, Rebecca, Kate, everybody. I thank you for uh, for being out there. And uh, you know what we're gonna do with this podcast too. And and you know once the uh, once I get to episode ten, I'm gonna be stripping the audio on all these shows, uh, so we'll be able to find this episode again. But what I would encourage you guys to do is to connect with Kim and Jessica online. Connect on LinkedIn, like we've been talking about. And uh, if you've got questions or anything and you want to ask them, you know, be sensitive because they're very busy, but uh, I'm sure they wouldn't mind, you know, fielding some questions as well and just connecting. Uh, but I appreciate it from both of you. Thank you for your time. It's been a great episode and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do this in the future as well. And uh, yeah, so that's it. So I appreciate all you guys. I will be back next week and uh, I'll make the announcement on that as well. Uh, but that is it for this episode. So thank you guys. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Bye.